grain podcast. Rub Vaseline on a lens. Patreon. What? No Q and A. As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a a pig piece of shit. Why do we have to see his right. fucking name in the movie? Instagram. I, I go mentally ill. These guys are liberal filmmakers. They cannot be trusted. Spike Jones sucks bad. Wes Anderson Wes sucks. Anderson. You are a creative. We get it. I always wear this bucket hat when I'm directing. I don't make movies. I make films. Let the creative people talk to the money people. Discord. And you'll never make it in this business. One of the first great artists in the 21st century. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. Anything by Cassavetes. Never make a movie. Fassbender. This is a film. Doritos bags look mad different. I call it director juice. I'm my fucking line producer trust fund, baby. M. Night Shyamalan. Final Cut Pro. I was right. obsessed with trash. The movie's trash, you know? Joe Schmo did the fucking food. Gritty New York City. Josh Sapke. Spike Jones sucks, man. Reduced black ratio. James Gray sucks. Give me brackage. I'm a straight up slut. We got Ion Pack. We got uh, Tony Hawk is in the house. Very creative what you do. Bro, actor, experimental film. Get on the mic, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll start it off. You could, you could read the shit. I'm recording. It's happening. Um. All right. You already know what the fuck it is. It's been a while since we did this. Um, and a little later than we expected, but... Sorry to everybody has been waiting for a solo. Yeah, we went... I went too hard in Europe, so I've been laid out for the week, but... We got flown out to Geneva, Switzerland. Geneva, Switzerland. Um, to give a little backdrop, when we moved to New York a while ago, over 10 years ago, there was a scene already happening, already well underway. And the at the center of this scene was, at least to me, mm-hmm. disagree with me if you think no, that's absolutely. not true, was yeah. this magazine. That was like my first concept of a New York scene was going to disrelated parties and and I think it's dis art now, but it was just it, mm-hmm. it was a I mean it was a magazine, but it was essentially an art collective, and it was just this like it was it was the nucleus of New York that had like artists, filmmakers, musicians, they had parties, ghetto gothic. It was just like everything was connected to dis, and it really felt like the first sort of hub of interesting New York that we got a taste of. Yeah, and it was, you know, that was our introduction to net art as well, which... Um, That's what was happening at the yeah, time. Yeah, it really was the basis of kind of all aesthetics from then on. It was, the it worlds was, that I am around. It was heat. It was so heat. The parties were heat. Yeah, it was some of my best uh, memories of New York. And a lot of, like, really interesting people have come out of it. People that we still look up to, Ranger Carton... Big Jaws. Telfar. All kinds of shit. Like so, It's just like everybody who kind of went off to have a career in the arts, you know, from that era. Yeah. It was just, I mean, it's no backpat, but it's sort of like what I kind of hope could possibly be true for this era with people that we know and put on for and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. However... Everybody that I brought it up to, like the new kids in the city, 
there was a lot of people who were like, oh, what's this? And I was like, you yeah. don't know. Well, they weren't around. It, you know, yeah, we it, were, make, it makes sense, but it's just, it's worth saying that pay, you, this is, this is important. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, who, I mean, who else is, well, Ryder Rips has lived on from that era, of course. Ryder Rips. In his own way. Kind of broke off. Big shouts to Jeanette Hayes. Big shouts. But um, yeah, so essentially they had the, they had an art exhibit show. At Centre Dot Contemporain Geneve. He was practicing that one for <laughs> all day. I guess that means the Centre of Contemporary Art, Geneva. And it was uh, Biennale de Limoges et Mouvement. Yeah, they, but it was, a, I mean, we should just say, this is the first time we've been flown out for anything in our entire life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're really good at it. We're easy to work with. So if you want to fly us out, let us know. Yeah, if there's any other art museums in cool cities. Geneva was interesting. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a city of clocks and banks. and um, It's so geez. clean. We didn't even feel comfortable putting it's on a cl- cigarette. But it, The cleanest place I've ever been in my life by far. Um, very moody, very sterile, very rich. Very rich. Great chocolate. Great clocks. Great tobacco. Yeah. It was all heat. Um, but we, we, we wanted to record some episodes while we are out there with artists who were involved in the show um but we were, we were kind of like didn't have much time to see each individual piece so we kind of and wanted to spend more yeah, time yeah we weren't there long enough to even have time to to really do, do it but we did spend more time that day with individual pieces namely for me at least the dis made a film yes special film i'd say very special film shot Everything partially the by the god alex huggins yep um with a host of collaborators. We should also give big shouts to Lauren Boyle. Huge shouts. Um, and we will be interviewing some of these artists yeah, you'll, coming you get, up. You guys will hear um, more about it's gonna, yeah, the, this, uh, the network. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to spread out over some episodes. Introduce you to some interesting artists. Um, I don't know how much we're even necessarily allowed to say about that piece, but I think it's really cool that this, as an entity, made a movie. Like, it made a movie yeah. that was sort of a hybrid of, you know, what their stance on art and culture and the world. And, you know, they, you know, they they kind of deal in sort of... It's funny. I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to say this, but, like, it's funny because I feel like a lot of things we roasted early on maybe are <laughs> things that this and, like, the net art era kind of produced. Exactly. Well, it's, that's why, the you know, those were in our heads for so long that we like decided to start speak. making fun of it. Art speak. Um, bodies and spaces. Bodies and spaces. Style shit. style shit. Exactly. Was style shit the thing that we wanted to say? No, we've, we've been, we've been saying style, style shit. shit yeah. um, you know, bodies and spaces, style shit, art speak shit. That doesn't mean the art's not sick. The art's definitely no, sick. No, I mean, this was an art show, so it was like when everything was being presented to us, it was like, oh, we were like, oh my God, this, we forgot about this shit. Like, yeah, this is the original and just, shit. I mean, the museum's also amazing. Being able to see, you know, four floors worth of video pieces each kind of presented in their Ryan's own. Ryan's got a piece. Telfar's got a piece. Theo's got a piece. Big shots to Theo, Theo Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, he has a four-hour piece. <laughs> Took some liberties with that runtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually really That's not cool. A joke. It's an expansion of uh, stuff from All Light Everywhere. Um, you know, behind the camera surveillance, all Theo's favorite shit. Theo and I actually made a, a special film in the Lisbon airport during our layover, and uh, we were just filming the TSA agents. I was like, "Bro, check out the, all the surveillance shit," <laughs> 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 and he just got soaked. Um, no, but it was really cool. Um, 
what else you want to say? I don't know, like, no, the film. Because, like, I think that as, like, making sort of, like, a collective movie from multiple different perspectives, you know, different disciplinary backgrounds, if we want to go art-speak mode. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple DPs, directors, writers. Big shouts to Leah Hennessy. Big shouts. Um, You'll hear more about her soon. Who we've known for a very long time. Um, but, yeah, it was really sick. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else... We ate fondue. <laughs> uh, big shouts to Brad Trammell. Big shouts to Brad Trammell. Yeah, that was, um, you know, biggest conversation of the trip to me was was our time with uh, the god Brad Trammell. Part of the reason I wanted to maybe just zero in on the movie that Dis made, I think it's called Everything But The World, mm-hmm. um, is because I feel like that's something I'm comfortable talking about and roasting because Brad has taken on, like, the art world that Dis is a part of. <laughs> so directly in in roast fashion yeah that it's almost like i we can't even make fun of it it's just like it's so i know and we wouldn't want to no i mean the movie was the movie was heat yeah yeah so you know we did our due diligence here and uh no i mean i wish we could talk we we didn't get to see everything or most things in full because we were only there for the afternoon uh and we got more interviews coming up and uh we're not we're not art form so yeah but uh no the everything but the world i think maybe the entire show is going to be available on this art i thought i heard there was maybe traveling to new york this exhibit did they i thought they posted that it was coming to this about art interesting you know that's 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 maybe something we're talking about is like i saw radiohead but the new release has like an online they're like video game it's like for ps5 yeah yeah it, but I saw something that was like an art opening, but it was like a digital art opening. Not sure how I'm feeling about in general all this kind of shit, like this, like yeah, the online stuff. The somebody's VR stuff. really trying to sell me on the like online rave thing recently. It's like no, but it's cool because then like your avatar is like fucking in the rave. I was like, we no, did no, this no. shit in quarantine. It I know. sucked. It, it sucks. was like not dope. I, I, VR sucks. I'm like not with it at all. <laughs> Not even VR, but it's like it's. it's I'm like, sure it's cool if you play video games or whatever, but it's not cool for like. <laughs> it's funny because it's not even VR anymore. They're like still taking a step back from that. It's literally something two D. Like like oh my app like my NFT face is in the brave. It's I'm like we have a party every holiday, guys. <laughs> Come <laughs> to the actual shit. Yeah, I know. It, I know. You still read? You still reading the copy? Yeah. I, yeah, BIM21, this magazine, this art. Uh, huge shouts to Andrea Bellini, who curated it. And um, yeah, if you, if you can sense a, a stumbling a little bit right now, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's that we're in a situation where we feel really honored that somebody kind of brought us out to kind of spread the word about an art happening but that's literally never happened to us before like we've never done an advertisement that was real mm-hmm. we've only done fake advertisements <laughs> and it's sort of weird for us to kind of like let first of all let in the love but then also do justice to the love in a way that i think maybe it's interesting to talk about like i think there was a, a want for us to do podcast out in geneva which we wanted to do but we literally didn't have time we were there for 24 hours we got a tour we got to see a few hours of the yeah. exhibit and then dinner and then a flight back so i you know 
but to me i feel like so in the same the reason i bring up like oh have people heard of this maybe there's a younger crowd that maybe mm -hmm. hasn't heard of it part of my thinking in doing this separately when we got back to new york was just that you know i think you all you packers need to have some sort of backdrop or context for like why actually this is important to us like for us to be kind of connected to this like this is a scene that we were not a part of essentially when we were in new york like i think we wanted to we went to the parties yeah yeah. we were young we weren't we were so outside of the fold you yeah, like, we were like 18 <laughs> like when we rocked up this fondue dinner on the fucking water in geneva it was like we were at dinner with people that like were essentially like our heroes <laughs> yeah it were like the cool new york shit to us when we were you know and it was psychedelic because i was like wow they brought us here they don't even because they don't even really know us yeah but to be amongst those people, you know, maybe nine, ten years later, and to kind of feel like, I don't know, contemporaries, or, or just like we're in the same boat now, was extremely cool. Yeah. And dovetailing off of maybe what we are talking about with Drunken, with like the exclusivity and elitist sort of circle jerk kind of thing, um, it just goes to show that, like, I think I probably had some, you know feeling of being left out of this particular scene back then but it's not because they were elitist or not non-inclusive it actually is a very inclusive group and i think we, yeah because we, we were young and self-conscious it's because yeah it's because like we literally like weren't friends with like jeanette <laughs> or do you know what I mean? it's like i'm dead ass it was like you know what I mean? it was just like yeah. they're like a little older and like we don't know actually know them we just moved here yep and i think that's what's happening now it's like there's a new group of people that are moving in new york that might not know us or the drunken connect you know just like whoever or like mm -hmm. what, what like whatever group of people that they think is cool and want to be a part of like they just might not know them yet and i don't think it's um i'm just trying to like give people some hope that like to me like i was so honored that we were there like i really couldn't even believe that that had happened like i was really like i remember i texted everybody that night when we go back to the hotel room i was like i can't I don't know why they think it's important for us to be here, but this is insanely sick. Like, these are all the people I look up to. Yeah. I'm so fucking flattered that our bullshit meme account <laughs> is somehow, you know, even tangentially relevant to anything. Um, you know, absolutely. Um, but to talk about the show, first, I'm going to read two paragraphs from the overview from the program. As one of the most interesting and as one of the most interesting curatorial collectives active in the art world today, DIS has already produced exhibitions that have marked our era. This new edition of the Biennale is organized around their, quote, artistic and cultural imaginary, end quote, and conceived as a radical pilot season, a collective effort to interrupt regular programming. Is it about the movie? Or is it about the exhibit? It's about the whole show. The, yeah. Um, and, well, first of all, I think I like the idea of this being a, pilot season because i always say like even though yeah we've had uh you know the great tv shows in the 2000s that proved tv was could mm -hmm. be cinema like you know mm -hmm. sopranos and mad men blah, blah blah i still think it's a kind of un, under still think it's an undervalued art probably because there's so much random bad shit now like netflix kind of serialized yeah. things that just get churned out um but you know we're kind of in a golden age for tv i always imagine well, i always think about music and people talk about how the music industry in various eras had so much money it was like 
labels would throw money at things because they were taking so many chances because there was so much money to go around. Um, and I was so jealous. Like I wish I existed in those eras when, um, yeah. like in the nineties or in the seventies when, when the industry just had so much money to go around that they would just fund things and fund things. Um, and it's like, well, you know, that feels so depleted now for so much art. But I feel like we're in that era for TV. I mean, serialized stuff is uh, the main, you know, thing that's consumed, like binge-watching Netflix. That's like the, the, main, main the main form medium. of, of yeah. art, quote-unquote, consumption. And, you know, people, especially film people, love to complain about it because most of it's bad or kind of cheap. Um, but in my mind, that's only because no one's made the good stuff. Like, I think it's a, obviously everyone who makes films is, is very married to film and it's their love and everything. But I think, um, I don't know. I, I think if you make films, I, I would encourage you to try to look into going into the serialized format or going into the TV format. I think. I mean, I think people do. I, I think mean, they do, but I, not no like coffee. kind of. But I just think that it's we're, we. David Lynch, Soderbergh. But that's but they were very ahead of their time with it. Yeah. Uh, but but that's what I'm saying. Now there's this golden age where Netflix and all these places have so much money, um, and maybe new things like dis art and et cetera, like on a smaller scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, even brick like with Cave. Yeah. Like smaller scale things have money and that they want to do serialized things because that's what's hot. It's like, I mean, I hope that we're in that golden age. Like we should be taking advantage of that. And, and no, I agree. I think I want, I, I hope that it works out for someone like Kava though. Cause like as of yet it hasn't, it's like, it just lives on YouTube. Like doing it in an indie way is hard. I know it's hard, but I still think we're in a much earlier stage of it than people realize because yeah, you know, we've been inundated with the Netflix style shit for well. There was the promise years, of but, something like high maintenance that literally started yeah, as a right. Vimeo thing and was picked up by HBO. Hilariously, it kind of like got worse once it was on HBO, of course. But yeah, of course, it was still it was still sick. But yeah, it's sick. Um, yeah, make well. But, but what's what's the they're they're for they're contextualizing the art show based off of well, they call it as a radical pilot season. That's what they think of the entire. Right, show the entire exhibit. Like they will tell the tell far thing was like a QVC, like style. Yeah, that was sick. Which was really cool. Um, with like multiple TVs with headphones set up around the room. Yeah. Um. And also, I just want to say big shouts to the center for funding and setting thing up. I mean, like every exhibit was so well. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was gorgeous. It was, I don't it know was if, you, if you go beautiful. to their if you go to their Instagram, there's like the pictures of like this like big cavernous sort of warehouse. Yeah, every cool every screening spaces. was so. I mean, I I hate saying this word because it's so done to death, done to projects. projects. Uh, it's so done to death, but uh, it was everything was so properly immersive. It was like everyone's piece was done. Great job. They set it up fast. Yeah, they did. But it looked, it, it did look great. And we're, and by the way, we're not really ones for like we're not in the museum all the time. So yeah, yeah. But I was, impre- I was definitely impressed. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I like seeing this. Like, it was, you know, there were, it was more the all of the pieces to some degree were more narrative, quote unquote, than your t- what you typically think of when you think of video art. You know, like it wasn't like your typical museum video art 
This was a step forward for them because the stuff they were doing back yeah. then was definitely yeah, it was more experimental video art. It, it, was, it was just what it, it none of it. Even the most abstract, quote unquote, of the pieces were were things that you would think to see in a in a museum. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it felt like you were watching something that did, maybe didn't belong in a museum. Which yeah, was and I think I, I think that's a a really cool context to yeah to, and there was the one piece that was set up There's as a theater. Yeah, which was great. I mean, uh, some three D like, shit. Think about how you feel sitting down in a, in a movie theater. That's like the best environment. Like, of course, bringing that into a museum context is is a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, it's a, that's existed previously. But but it exists previously, but only in like a pure video or I mean, not that I'm the most. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying that we're not. But it was I don't know. The, well, okay, but that's another reason that we love this, and it was a huge kind of influence on me. Um, is there? They really epitomized the mixing of low brow, quote unquote, and high brow. You know, oh, they, yeah. they were. It was like it was like serious, you know, art speak shit. But yeah. it was very influenced. It was very interested in in pop music and celebrity and fashion. Uh, it started it all the like health goth shit and like yeah. the mix of sportswear and high fat. Like Balenciaga shit owes a lot to fucking this. It, it ev- everything um normcore yeah <laughs> it's norm like core. Ev- fucking everything uh, that it already, that all, ended 2 yeah. years ago was any all like pop music that has like a cyber aesthetic all yeah internet aesthetic in yeah. general is like their mm-hmm. shit so, um and i don't know i guess i'm i don't really know if i'm using my words that great here but i to me seeing these types of pieces in a museum felt like a new step like that it was like tv is still something mm-hmm. that's thought of as lowbrow and they're they're really pushing it into the future yeah i know that's a good point yeah. um and that's and that's something that i've always, that's literally why i love them from the from the jump you know? yeah um which so okay the next paragraph from this program all artists selected by the curators grapple grapple similarly with a shift in consciousness and a need to debunk narratives the atmosphere of BIM 21 expresses a shared urge to imagine worlds that differ from the one we live in, and by a creative refusal of the status quo, each in their own way, the artists in this extraordinary group challenge the notion that this is the only possible world and the only possible economic system, a concept of history that has long suppressed political and cultural debate. Um, not to like get to, uh, I'm not going to get into the politics aspect of it, but I just, to me, the spirit of that is just, I mean, not to get so basic, but you know, there were always future shit. That's, that's, this is whole thing. It's like a future aesthetic. Um, but future aesthetically, everything has future aesthetic, internet art aesthetic, uh, you know, just memes, I would argue, or even like that's net art, you know? So, to me, this uh, the curation and the kind of spirit of this entire show is is a really interesting new step into like thinking of that dichotomy of of high versus low, um, and it didn't feel you know it doesn't feel ironic or uh, um, cheap ever. You know the high low thing. I mean, because like this, it being called this to do the opposite of 
in, in meaning is mm-hmm. meant to reflect an oppositional attitude. Like that was like the original thing. Right. Like this, it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, juxtaposition. And, yeah. But doing it in like this playful way that was like not just funny, but also like interesting and like actually asked questions. And, you know, we talked to Theo a lot about just like the effect that this sort of like, I mean, Theo said something which maybe is hyperbolic, but I think actually probably true, which is just that like it, is the most important art movement since we've been in New York. 100%. Um, so remember your history, kids. I, re- I mean, I really think everything that has come post-dis, even, you know, get to the higher, upper echelons, it's, like, influenced everything, even if indirectly, you know? Yeah. And beyond that, don't forget us, guys, because we were the next wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, another thing I love about this, I, which you said earlier, but... Um, was they were always, always like completely cross uh, disciplines. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an art. Uh, you Parties, know, kind of, it was music. Yeah, it, it was came from a museum centric place, shit. but it was deeply involved in the fashion world. It's like where like Telfar and yeah. by Air and all that stuff. It was deeply involved in music. Um, it, it was just like a, it was a it was a kind of loose collective, but it was it was kind of an umbrella that brought together all these people like across yeah. disciplines and, and broke down uh well I'm okay, just something that I, I've said this before probably, but mm-hmm. I like I don't really see a difference between the arts. So I look at them all as the same. Um and, you know, why can't a fine artist make a film or why can't a, a filmmaker write songs? I you know, I think they all should. I think they're all not that everyone is interested in doing everything, but I think anyone could do anything. I think if you're an artist, you know, you can, your instincts and your, um, your method of translation is, uh, is more relatable to people who work in other fields than, than you might realize. And I like anything that kind of breaks down the difference between them. The other thing that it's been making me think about, when we got there, I was saying to you about how I was bringing up this to multiple people and they either did or didn't know about it. And you said something about, will people not remember Ion in five years from now? Which, then talking to Brad later about how quickly things fall through your fingers, like how every every movement now like the sands fall in between your hands Mm -hmm. quicker and quicker and like the sense of history or the source of you know the saga the chronology of things gets lost more easily especially in the internet age when like if you don't have a fucking website or some sort of like archive of what you've been doing it sort of gets forgotten um it kind of i mean i I re-listened to the trevor episode the episode that we have with Trevor, R.I.P. R.I.P. Memes Brazil. Um, and the thing that stuck out to me about what he was saying was about how important, like, archiving is. And, yeah. you know, remembering what we're doing and documentation and, you know, keeping hard drives of pictures and images and screenshots and videos. And um, I was I was very relieved and happy to be brought back into the disc world because I almost myself had almost forgotten how important it was to me and like probably to what we do with this. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's very influential to us, just the way we think about 
art and New York and everything. Yeah. And like consumer culture and yep. the way media is distributed and, you know, kind of stuff. Like, because we don't get super heady on here, but like, you know, we, we think about that shit. Like, we think yeah. about like. We get heady. No, I mean, like, n- maybe not heady, but like theoretical, I guess. Right. Academic. Oh, definitely not. I think we're pretty anti-academic, and yeah, I think maybe that's that's a roadblock that we have in general with like getting into art guck. Um, <laughs> should we explain guck? <laughs> um, just art, just art world stuff, because it is so you know premeditated with like language and theoretical speak that like yeah we can we can talk that talk actually, but we just kind of fuck, don't fuck yeah but also like we don't fucking read theory i don't know no we I, don't but i'm saying like i you know i it's like i went to grad school and yeah, studied yeah. media theory and like I, I understand what's what's being talked about there i think it's just we're for the common man is what we're trying to say yeah and i think i think this is too and i think that's something that i like about them is that like maybe they felt like this corner of the art world that was not elitist or like non-inclusive mm-hmm. because it wasn't so like up in the sky high academic theory based like even though like they obviously can talk that talk too it felt like what the work actually represented was something that like anybody could kind of understand or mm-hmm. would kind of like fuck with your expectations or ask a question like do the things that art's supposed to do um and i'm glad they exist thank you this big shouts to you huge fucking shouts i would like to talk about trevor yeah um that was me trying to kind of like get over there because i also feel bad i'm gonna miss the memorial next week Mm. or in a couple days um not even really sure where to begin but we did compile a few of trevor's works to uh, to screen at our halloween party met some of his co-collaborators and friends uh, from miami um i think we just need to have a moment for for our friend trevor uh because we haven't been on the pod yeah solo since that happened and that's a big fucking loss and it's a huge loss and very significant in the in the face of everything that happened with you know the anti-woke film festival um yeah um which was what it was in large part because of because of trevor anything that you liked about that festival yeah trevor had a hand in it um and he's just like a he was a brilliant guy he had a lot left to do and uh i don't know i don't know how to talk about this shit really but no the bummer is just that like for us i mean we've always said like trevor had our favorite instagram account like he really yeah. felt like no well yeah well, the, the one voice on instagram that was totally really interesting. i mean if you want to talk about instagram being net art just like someone's online presence like it's beyond um it's beyond like a meme it's someone's whole like aesthetic as their account being a piece of net art in itself trevor was that yep. trevor was like radically made me rethink what instagram could be i'm serious i actually thought of like trevor all of trevor's accounts were just were just high art the way he um the way he could just post like a screenshot or a picture of a guy or or like a random tiktok 
that in any other context or posted by any other account wouldn't make sense or be funny. But it was funny because it came from his account. Like that was a, a way of kind of telling a joke or, or presenting an idea or however you want to call it via Instagram that is art to me. And I, I've never seen done before. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Just like the, just, yeah, it was such a, I mean, to me, outs because like obviously i'm interested in like movies and music and the types of artists that i look for are people who have like a very specific point of view aesthetic way of looking at things like trevor really is like one of the only people in the past few years that presented himself as someone through instagram as someone who had like a very I don't know, specific style, like just his, I mean, it manifested in, in hilarious ways, but <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, hot guys, <laughs> like <laughs> beautiful music and yet yeah, like, like posting like racist or homophobic things like as like without commentary, but that being the commentary, just like the commentary is that it's, it, it exists. Yeah, that that it came from his account. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, you, if you haven't heard our episode with him, you can go back and listen to it, where he explains all this much better. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I still remember playing his day because we just randomly followed him way back in the day. I remember, I remember like saying to you. Dude, like, who's who's this account? Like Trevor memes Brazil. It's the most. This is the sickest account I've ever seen. And that's when we hit him up, and that's where it all began. Big shouts, Trevor. Big shouts, forever. I might pause it for a second. silence with Trevor by the way and I mean I the footage we you compiled um, I can't I if guess, anybody wants it I, I will send well, it well yeah we should talk to everyone and try to we should post it in some way um, yeah his his work was extremely next level yeah we'll stay tuned for that because we have the file worth more. mentioning it's not for everyone but I think it's extremely valid and compelling and beautiful yeah uh, he would have fit right in with this with this exhibition, the show. He would have. I think he's someone that was like very much ahead of his time. Uh, Extremely. Someone that you know, not everybody who, who's a part of the culture right now can fully understand what he was doing. But I, I think we did. Yeah. Um And I know Rogue Packer did. Oh yeah. Uh, I know Lucian did actually. Like oh the, yeah, it, it revealed who was sick all, to me when when someone all was the a true heads fan. all the true heads knew it was up. Re it was it was a real case of like real heads know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, tragic end to a beautiful life. But let's continue to celebrate the bull. Always. In other news, we. I mean, other shit happened. We had the Halloween party, and we also... I think we should need to comment a little bit on our Bowery Ballroom experience. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I think it was Eat. Was he? I mean, okay. I mean, we were okay. 
there was there was a how how long gone has gone on tour. <laughs> first of all, um, take Touring that for podcasts. What, take that for what it is. Um, but they hit the Bowery Ballroom and they asked a much bigger podcast to be one of the guests, <laughs> which is us. Um, <laughs> we hit the green room. Um, no, the the funny thing about that night is the Secret Service in Carhartt. In Carhartt, yeah. That actually happened. I don't know if that, anybody that, saw yeah, those memes, but that's that was, actually a real That was thing. not a joke. There was a Secret Service wearing Carhartt. Big shouts to Ella and Sam. Huge shouts. For bringing out. For, for dressing the Secret Service that night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Secret Service were, you know, dripping. <laughs> um, we also saw the Velvet Underground documentary. Yeah. Which, let's give it a quick rating. Uh, insane Heat. Insane Heat, absolutely. Um, I know I know a few people that like liked it but didn't think it was great. Um, I, I was Insane Heat verging on special film for me. It verged on a special film for sure. Well, I just, people, the complaints about it... It's definitely not a typical documentary. It's it's definitely not. You need to know about you know Warhol and Developed Underground and the whole scene. This is to watch insane it. heat for a deep velvet head. Like you you're, you're hearing you know yeah. different versions of songs that you should should already know as a fan and you I know mean, it's it's just, done in the split screen style like Warhol like a lot of Warhol yeah, shit like Chelsea Girls. It's so. sick. It's really really good. Don't listen to the haters. Todd Haynes, goat. It was really inspiring, I think, for both of us to watch that too. Like that, yeah. Because like as cliche as it is, it's like That's that the was the yeah. goaded shit. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the factory Warhol Lou Reed. Like yeah, that was it. And by the way, what's I mean, not surprising watching the doc, but was true was that like it's not like it was that big of a deal at the time. It wasn't. A, it a was big like deal not the thing. that lit. <laughs> Velvet Underground in particular were not lit at the time. There were like, some like people were like kind of being like, "What's good?" Yeah, I think. I mean, I, it's very important to me to uh, always remind myself of how misunderstood so much great shit was in its time, and Velvet Underground are like the prime example of that. Uh, and just the kind of the, again, you know, the whole Warhol scene is very similar to these New York scenes that we were just talking about, and it's important and inspiring to like see how these ideas that we talk about these like cross-discipline things uh really like germinated in the way that they exist today it's like the start of modern history in that way was with that era yeah well the other thing is that's interesting is that like i guess the you know the velvet underground became like andy's main project but like at the time it seems as if people didn't obviously know that that was going to be the thing that like stuck the test of time that like we would remember in this year. Yeah. Um, it may have been like one of the actresses or one of, you know, there was, there was right. a lot going on in that scene and like a lot that we don't talk about on a daily basis. The Velvet Underground gets brought up every day, hundreds of thousands of times on the streets of New York still. Right. But, but everyone just thinks of it. It's like, it's like, you know, cool Lou Reed. Then it's like cool, like street smart lyrics about drugs yeah, uh, which obviously all that is is sick. But there's another <laughs> there's another element to to watching this that that made itself apparent to me. That was kind of the real collaboration between Lou Reed and John Cale, mm -hmm. and and the influence that Cale and then Lou took from Lamont Young, and and Terry Riley and all the other like you know avant drone minimalist yeah. composers, but in particular Lamont Young. Um, and 
in a way, the way that they interacted with and were influenced by and extracted things from that music was very, very different to how we're influenced by things today. I think it's just by nature of the way we consume now. It's not, it's like inevitable, but you, I really got the sense watching this documentary that it was not trying to fit into like a global landscape. It was local. It was, it was, they were trying to, they were amazed by this music that they loved Lamont Young Mm -hmm. and his drone music and, and, and just the sound as art, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, kind of maybe the visceral, as we've talked about before, the visceral physical experience of sound in that way. Yeah. When it's being presented like that and drones and, and, you know, they talk a lot about that, how drones like physically affect you, um, and, and volume, how it physically affects you, et cetera. They were kind of within themselves, like within their own world, just exploring kind of the possibilities of thinking about music and sound that way and like applying it to themselves. It didn't exist in this larger cultural context. Um, Maybe Andy thought about it that way. Uh, And that's why he was important to like bringing it to fruition. It's what a good manager or, you know, well that does. That is actually what stuck out to me the most in the doc is that like, of course, Andy Warhol, goaded guy. However, Velvet Underground doesn't exist without Andy Warhol yeah. as a, as as an engine. Exactly. Because Andy Warhol actually like kind of was famous at the time. Yeah. And he he was actually like he was the platform. Like he was the dude who had mad Instagram followers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he was yeah. he was the one who was clouded. Yeah, Lou Reed would have been fucking with some like twenty two hundred followers, some shit like that. Oh yeah, Lou was kind of like yeah, it was like he, he was people, like oh he's cool he's cool yeah yeah, yeah. It's like he's hot yeah he was like followed by cool people so oh, lucky he's not that hot he was like in it, he was like in the explorer <laughs> feeds now nah, he was hot there was that one screen test of him with the fucking Hershey's bar yeah he's, where I was like this, nah, he's, this he's is sick. this looks pretty good um but uh, no but what the the point the, just real quick the, the reason I wanted to bring up the Andy thing is because if we're giving any sort of like call to action for the current scene and this is something brad was bringing up in Geneva oh, yeah, also. i wanted i wanted to circle back to that yeah which is just that there's like something that andy did was he saw all of these different things happening he saw like experimental film shit he saw this like weird drone experimental film, experimental film. i mean literally brackage <laughs> <laughs> like dead ass i'm talking about brackage um Anthology film archives. Obviously, there's like huge yeah, shouts Jonas to Jonas Mikas. in the dock. In the dock. Um, but like he saw, it was like, oh, this is the new output of the city, and like this deserves to be sort of, you know, comprised all into one entity, like as an art movement. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is what's going on right now, and we're gonna like push it. Like like with all of that. Um, archival footage of those parties the like exploding yeah. plastic inevitable shit mm-hmm. um the idea that you would have like a drone rock and roll band playing with like experimental film visuals projected over it and it was just like multimedia experience of new artwork from people that were not like a part of hollywood or anything at the moment really stood the test of time and that is sort of i think what the scene needs is is the nucleus is the engine it needs that person in the center of it putting on for the collective of people it really isn't just about lou reed 
Yeah. It's about the person who's going to see all of it as a collective and as this maximal thing and be like, this is what is going on in this time, in mm -hmm. this city. That is actually what makes things for the history books. Yeah. Other things, you, you, they, do, they do get lost to the sands of time because there's no, it's not really, it's not connected to anything bigger. Yeah. Because Velvet Underground is not the Velvet Underground without the factory, without Edie, without yeah, fucking exactly. Andy, with exactly. all, without all of these different, like Basquiat even. Exactly. Like Basquiat was, out, was not even in the dock, which was a little bizarre to me. Basquiat's decades later. Was he? Yeah, Basquiat's the eighties. True. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he a part of the Velvet scene? No, Basquiat was like. That's true. Well, yeah, when they started talking about like Dylan was doing this, I was like, oh yeah, Velvet Underground's so old. No, exactly. That's it, it, you. There's crossover between Andy and Basquiat, though. I think. Not really. I've Andy seen, died like, in the late eighties. Them together. There, there are for sure photographs of them. I'm like, gonna guess Basquiat was like. I guess I'm born in the 70s, so he was in his 20s. I guess I'm conflating 80s. that with like Keith Haring era. Yeah, you are. I just thought that there was like bleed over. I I could be totally wrong. Um, oh, Basket died in '88. Yeah, so it was like the '80s. So yeah, it was. I guess him and Warhol were. They, they, I guess alive they, they for a few each, years together, but they knew each other. I'm sure they did, but but very different era. Regardless, though, this only focuses on the doc doesn't go into the like Lou Reed solo or what Andy did after. It does in montage like, very quickly, but it's like sort kind of, of like, but, all right, Todd. But they don't talk about like Transformer or any of the Lou solo career. They they stop when Velvet breaks up, which is yeah, that, early seventies. The, the people, the complaints people had of this movie were sort of like. You know, I thought it was going to be something else or, like, I don't know how I felt about the style. Number one, style was true to form. It was, like, perfectly elegant oh, for... beautiful. It was, yeah, it was one exactly of the best what looking docs I've ever seen. In my, like, it's... I, I, Gorgeous. I mean, I'm giving a special film, actually. It is kind of... Yeah. It is actually I mean, I'm giving a special film. I think... I'm just comfortable saying it's ain't heat for the time being. Yeah. I was really... Uh, I was extremely stoked on it. It was... No, it was I fuck with Todd Haynes... But but the call to action that I just want to give is for for there to be some sort of Andy style force yeah. to putting on for your friends like you you gain a lot more from seeing the value in everything around you yes. than just yourself. But this is where it circles into the conversation we had with Brad right in Geneva, which is that I Our think scene is yeah maybe. <laughs> I think in New York right now there is a lot of um, you know collectivity there's a lot of uh, people you know working with each other across mediums and or, or uh, putting on for each other and obviously there's like you know drunken canal and like different podcasts they feature each other's work and they publish things by their friends etc 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 but and we've been very hesitant to be, to kind of involve or may make the content of what we do sort of about you know, the you know about Dime Square, like we said, we're never going to say that again. But it's, I actually think it's interesting because I think this is maybe a reversal of that because I think there's real validity to. Well, I, I guess I just th I just anything I fuck with, I'm down to put on for it. it doesn't have to be like a part of it doesn't even be in New York, but no. But like a main critique of all of these different entities is that like oh they're just ta it's, they're talking about their friends. Yeah, but that's uh, but that's good. actually <laughs> where that's where power and support and yeah. like move that's how movements are built. Uh, yeah, art that exists like completely in a vacuum is never fully as interesting. Yeah, I don't know about never, but it it. it um, 
it just gets lost more easily. Yeah, exactly. That's like going back to the Trevor thing about like archiving. It's like the reason archiving stuff is important is because there re- literally in the internet age may not be a record of something that did exist existing mm-hmm. unless you make some sort of copy of it right because of the nature of like the way websites are hosted and like cloud storage and all this like weird shit that's new technologically that like makes things not physically exist mm-hmm. it's like when you go to like a fucking record store and there's like some like oh this record like doesn't exist this is like the one record it's like not online it's like this weird but it there it does exist because there's a physical copy of it in the record store yeah you can't go find trevor's meme in the record store which is sad. Yeah. But his, and you know, he lost multiple accounts and I'm just saying that there's, there's something to be said for like staking your claim in the ground. Like don't, totally. don't fucking like, but there was at the same time, there was another interesting thing about Trevor and like the way in which his Instagram accounts were art in the way that I was just talking about where a lot of the shit that he would post was it was kind of time sensitive because it, it, it had to do with like a specific beef he was having with another account or like, Oh, it was pure stream or, stream of like, yeah, it was like up to date. It exactly. was like of the moment. Whereas even if you had it archived, it, the post wouldn't either wouldn't make sense or they wouldn't fully have their effect because it, it had to do with, uh, mm-hmm. the, the context, like it had to do with stuff that other people were posting on their stories at the time. It was like, it had to do with that day. Which also relates to the TV the thing you were talking about. It was very serialized. It was very, yeah, like, totally. and yeah. he, he would constantly use like the same song for the story. Like, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know what I'm talking about? That was so sick. It was like the Shirelles or some shit. Yeah. And the agape, the like Nicholas yep. Breitel, like if Beale Street could talk shit, which we should put in that little silence we just had. So true. The moment of silence for Trevor, because like yeah. that was his shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was this like serialized like TV. It was like reality art, like yeah, offensive. Like it was just such heat. It was like honestly, like I think what we attempted, and like he went to, yeah. to such a nuclear intergalactic like galaxy brain level. It, yeah, it's it was it was similar to what the what selectuals are doing. It, but he was but like, it was, he was the it, artist exactly. It was it had its own flair. There's a lot of people with a lot of great meme accounts. There's a lot of great shit posting that we've seen and we've loved, but truly was never done like Trevor. It was <laughs> truly something to say. I but like, and I I actually worry about it because even when I put together the um, compilation thing of the stuff for the yeah. to project, I was like, this is such heat. But it's like this this was him doing like video work, and to me, so much of the work that he did is stuff that is literally lost. I know, yeah. The stories are gone. Like, they don't, we can't, we don't, there, I don't know if there's uh, And all the, del- that, like, literally 15 deleted accounts are gone. And that was, it, to me, that was work, though. It wasn't just, totally. like, I, I, exactly people see saying. these mediums as, like, oh, they're just, fu- it's just people just fucking around. And, like, I'm sure, like, you know, that, it was that sometimes for him. Like, he was just fucking around. But, like, it really, that was his creative But it was output. also, it, exactly. It, but it, it was, even when he was fucking around, like, the way in which he used social media was such an extension of himself creatively in a way that isn't true for most people. Social, it, it, it was. It was kind of the whole package. It was, like, him as the work of art, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually it was like, like performance art. I felt like cocked by it, honestly, with Ion. Like I was just like, "Wow, we oh yeah, was like, we can't, can't hold a candle yeah, to this yeah. guy. <laughs> like he's just he's on a complete different level." Um, but yeah, circling back to like the 
Andy shit. And we love circling back. Circling back. It's a jerk. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the point? Uh, oh, we didn't even finish the point. Um, yeah, we're like going off on the tangent here. But we were talking about how we we're talking with Brad. We we're like, there is a lot of people putting right. on for each other and um, and all that. But like, where's the art? Well, he was saying, like, what is the output of this scene? Yeah. Because obviously he, the scene's been defined. Exactly. We the know scene the characters. And, and the kind of, to some degree, the um, ethos and... Um, the theme, even? Yeah. Of, like, of, the main plot details. Right, and there's, and there's good, there's well thought out uh, criticisms of modern, like, art and culture and, like, uh, you know, what doesn't doesn't exist what should exist what needs yeah. to exist etc but like and and he was like I, I agree with all of it and it's right on but it's like now everyone needs to start making that shit well what which he I agree said, with. what he also was saying was that like the raw he you know he does even though he wrote all the art shit he'd still be talking in the art way <laughs> like he's like so what is the raw materials like he was talking about the he kept saying the raw materials it was funny um, <laughs> I was like there's a raw ma- like what does that mean um, <laughs> oh man art shit I should have so asked funny. him what intersectionality actually means um, but no but he was saying that the raw materials for a lot of this stuff is the interpersonal dynamics between people it's people like people themselves yeah. and their own self mythologizing content on the internet mm-hmm. is the raw material now. Yep. Which is interesting because that means that there's m- like multiple different writers. Like everybody essentially is a writer yeah. of their own persona. Mm-hmm. And like that's the output. Okay, so like how do we put all of that together and make that mean something or mm-hmm. like express something? Because the critique of it is that it's selfish and is it's just we're in an age of pure ego, which might be true, but hopefully... What I'm saying is that, like, there is an opportunity to amalgamate this stuff into something, to group these casts of, I mean, like, I think we, you know, with the pod, we maybe try and do something like that, where it's like, this is the group of people, and, Mm -hmm. like, they're all interesting, but... There's a whole group of guys. There's, yeah, no, there, I mean, clearly, look (laughs) at the couch, there's been this whole group of guys, and girls, and other, and other, um, but, but they're all pretending, and <laughs> yeah, just be, stop pretending pret- to be making yeah just stop pretending guys it's like well, we pretend to be making it's fine that's the other thing is that we have begun the process of pretending to make special films <laughs> they're in the works we're pretending yeah, and, but I it, and this is I had been feeling like this uh, for a while kind of abstractly and Brad saying that really was just like the, but I mean, it made me realize, like, yeah, uh, maybe the reason I feel frustrated these days is because where's my artistic output? We talk about it a lot. Yeah. We start really good conversations. We meet tons of people through this who then we have really good conversations with. And I'm like, wow, everyone's on where's the same the page. Work? Yeah. I'm like, where's the, but work? It, you know, it's inspiring in that way of it's like, oh, wow, there's, there's way more people than you realize are on the same page as you. They want to see the same things that you do. They want to get the same thing from film. They want to get the same thing from music that you do. They, they hope to see the landscape of this art form change in this way. And they think we need to do more. And wow, so many people are like on the same page. Mm-hmm. But then 
But I, but you know I I'm not I haven't released shit. Well, know. no, it's crystallized that the spirit is there. Yeah, exactly. It's very clear that like we don't need to be black pilled on like the spirit of people wanting to make art. That's there. Yeah. Everybody wants to be creative, and actually they are. Yeah, there's a ton of people who are fucking totally creative and like probably would make really sick shit. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe you're in the process now, but I think maybe the goal is to maybe be more collective in the way we support each other. Cause I do think that there's a dark side to this like individual narrator writing their own story, yeah, right? the yeah. self narrativizing. And because for me, like my, the only success I've first personally felt and like this obviously includes you is through this communal thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've only felt any residual success from other people's success. Yeah. And something that's very scary about our generation and is like, to me, my harshest critique of where, you know, people our age, younger, a little bit older, is that people fuck each other. People are like sneaky and mm -hmm. shysters. And there's a lot of like well, dark. This energy. is what we talked about. I think the last solo where I was like, where I was talking about how most things I interact with, I think I was talking specifically about music, but it's true for probably everything. You, even if I kind of like it, there's, there's like this underpinning of capital you can like you can like feel the the capital aspirations yeah you can feel the which i i don't play it's like i'm desperate for money too it's like you feel this kind of maybe desperation is a strong word but you feel the dread. like yeah you feel like i need to make this work i need to make this work yeah and i need to uh perfectly curate the image of it so that it can be sold and and branded and packaged and and stand out from the rest and the manifestation of that impulse doesn't feel pure at the end of the day right the and, output. And, that's, and that's and not that that didn't exist before it obviously always did but it's just more extreme now than ever and it's because everything's in our faces now more than ever sure but it's the opposite of what i was talking about with velvet underground where they're engaging with this lamont young and and this experimental music and john kill brings that to lou and it's just the two of them working together and like it's the alchemy of yeah that, it's, it's, of those exactly influences. they're 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 in a room together making this thing based on another thing that they were excited by it, right it doesn't have this this goal really in that way it doesn't have this well lou did want to be he's like i want to be a famous rock yeah, he wanted to be star. famous rock, rock star but it wasn't um and he, he did it <laughs> But he actually well, didn't but, really uh, do it with Velvet. No, Velvet, Velvet was the seed of his yeah. career, which is actually why he's famous. Exactly. John Cale's not as famous as Lou Reed. At all. But John Cale's Velvet Underground were only retroactively Hot take, famous. though. John Cale, or Velvet Underground's good because of John Cale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that the, That music is unique and peculiar and, and, like, transcendent because of his drone The, the shit. reason it was, yeah, that was why it was special. Big shouts to John Cale. Huge shouts Come to Bob. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's, he's alive. He's alive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Could we do that? Uh, so true. Can you imagine Andy Warhol pot? <laughs> 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 no, it's just so funny because I walked away from that movie and I was just like so lit by Andy's energy. Yeah. Like I was just like, wow. He because you, you know you grow up and you think it's just the Campbell Soup shit or whatever, mm. and it's just like this pop art thing. But it's like, nah, this guy was the engine of the coolest era of the city that I love. And yeah. he didn't act, it's funny because he didn't actually, he's not was really responsible for the grit. Like I don't consider any of his art the best of what came of that era. It's cool. 
I like yeah, I like pretty the, sick. No, the screen tests and yeah. like the film stuff. The film my, stuff is, is my sick. favorite. Yeah, shit. The, he was like underratedly such a sick filmmaker. But it, as far as art goes, oh yeah, yeah, do without yeah. it, or it's, <laughs> it definitely created a wave of horrible shit. But most great things do create a wave of horrible shit. To be fair, I mean he he started Airbnb aesthetic, <laughs> some like Elvis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Elvis colored yeah. photograph. But that, if, that's actually true. I actually bet if you take any annoying. Annoying to awful trend and actually trace back where it began I'm nine sick. times out of ten, whatever started it is incredibly sick. Yeah, it's like how you know, it's like the effect we've talked about before how Nirvana inspired a whole era of horrible rock music, but yeah. they were the best. Yep, that kind of thing. Yep, um, but all of this now circling back again, mad circles around here right now. Yeah. So many circles, but um, this thing that I read earlier from the Biennale um, program about all of these pieces were, what did they say, uh, a shared urge to imagine worlds that differ from the one we live in uh, and by creative refusal of the status quo. Um, you know, maybe that's not that advanced of a thought, but for me, that's what we're talking about. That's like... It is. It's... <clears throat> what did you say the the spirit has been defined something like that yeah I don't know. <laughs> like, and that's I don't sick know. and that's I'm important like, I'm blacked out <laughs> I have no idea what's good and, and and that that's great but um, let's use that to imagine a better future yeah and I think that on a positive note because I think this is well, I was thinking about the Rogue Packer recent critique of us like being sellouts or like fall the Roman Empire style shit, which is, money. which is hard facts. But I, it's actually not because I think that what's happening, at least in our brain right now, or at least I'll speak for myself, I get the sense that the former institutions that ran the stuff that when we got here were in place are breaking down and are less relevant than they were mm -hmm. there is i i really feel we are on especially in film on some sort of new leveled out playing field where people care less about festivals even though the festivals still matter for sure i think that they're less relevant people strive for them a little less mm -hmm. people actually are striving for just people to know about what they're doing mm -hmm. on the internet like even if you can have a movie at Sundance, but it's like, if it's not like posted in the right way, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a real opportunity right now for everybody. And, you know, I, this maybe doesn't apply as much to music, but I hope it does. That like, there's, there's a, there's a space right now where like, there's a lot of people not sure where to put their stuff or how to release their thing. Mm -hmm. Movie, music, Big time. album, like people don't know where it goes. Because like the you know they the default is something that like they don't even really believe in anymore like yeah, like exactly. Sundance or like Spotify exactly or, it's just sort of like it, I guess that's still what I do yep to me even that seems depressing but I think that is an opportunity for the new building to get built mm -hmm. and that building hopefully will become successful and then in twenty years be corrupt and suck <laughs> like that's just the way this works yeah that's what happened with A twenty four. It is. I mean, A24 is still sick, but you know what I'm saying? It's like A24 just like, it's the establishment now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it was once cool and like good for A24 for like fucking 
doing whatever they did, but it's sort of like we're over they're over the it's like they just made a fucking like action hero movie it's like that's yeah, yeah. because anybody would at a certain point because it's just it's, because it's chad take the money it's because it's chad take the money and like like word to you do yeah, that yeah we're we'll we're gonna also do that mm-hmm. eventually like we will suck eventually that's why i'm thinking about the fall of the roman empire like sellout thing because it's like you actually and this isn't like a pro sellout thing but you actually have to navigate these worlds yeah. in a corporate financial like you kind of have to take weird steps that maybe feel like a rejection of the underground or the indie yeah in well, order to build up and support all of the things in the underground because you literally need money to do it right well here yes but the, the way in which i'm pro selling out but i don't think this is really selling out but is okay well in in the chad take the money meme chad mm-hmm. uh on one slide creates in a vacuum I know I just said you don't exist in a vacuum, but what I what creating a vacuum means to me is that thing I'm talking about is Velvet Underground. Like it was them making alone. the shit they wanted. It was like they were like, inspired by. Try, yeah, trying to push this the sound and the feeling that they were excited by, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to have a certain effect. Yeah, uh, on culture or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's important. I think it's important to create in that way. That's actually what I think is good right now is because I think that because people believe so little in things that they try to get into like a festival or like a record label or whatever, I think that people are making things more, a little more genuinely actually, because Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you either are, you aren't like, there are obviously still the people out there who are making the like coffee shop singer-songwriter shit or like making the woke movie like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there are all those people and like you could you know they're obvious they're not they're hiding in plain sight but i think that the lack of belief in the old systems are is maybe changing people to create from maybe a more pure place like i actually i'm just excited by like the state that we're in because even though it seems dark mm-hmm. i actually think that there's you know a plan totally that's and, grow out and of this. that desperation i was talking about earlier of of you know, everyone's like, but I gotta, I gotta make it work. I gotta make it work somehow. And that feels increasingly, increasingly impossible. Um, don't let that make you, um, ignore step on or not even step on, but just ignore the people around you. I think it's, even if you want to think selfishly, I think it's more beneficial to you in the long run. If you work with, the people that are around you if you live in a major metropolitan area especially like go work with and collaborate with other people who you meet and don't it's important to get this really specific idea of what you want to do out of your head like you know it's something like theo like a rolling example theo's like uh jealous of like even seeing our discord which like the fact that because people in our discord will meet like be like oh i need like a fucking sound yeah, yeah, yeah. like just even even though they seem like small innocent things like oh, you could go on a fucking cinematography message board or something to do that they're not mm-hmm. like or like those it's those are for older guys and like there's a there is a young community built yeah that is sort of like kind of feeding off each other and helping each other and that's actually what the fuck is good yep and i feel it happening i i don't think we'll see it like fully come to fruition for years yeah well well, that, well that's the other thing is we're used to i mean this is me talking to myself for sure because it's totally me we're used to instant gratification now yeah like you post shit 
it exists you reap the rewards you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's we're used to this like yeah i don't need to get into it we all have heard it a million times dopamine yeah. social media of course bullshit but um yeah think about how velvet underground it took them it was not till you know a decade after they existed that they uh had the impact that they do or it really was apparent like hold true and make pure things and just be confident that if you're making good and pure quote unquote work mm. it will have an effect don't like expect this instant gratification post shit yeah facts yeah we right now yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we saw that movie together. It felt, like, right for us because it's, like, we don't even talk about that scene that much even though it's, like, clearly the backdrop of everything. Like, mm -hmm. maybe we've probably brought up, like, The Strokes or something more than we brought up The Velvet Underground, but, like... I feel like we... Uh, maybe not. Their shit is yeah. The Velvet Underground. It's, like, that's that's the real nucleus shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it's this is shit, but it's, it's, def yeah. it's definitely our shit. I mean... I that's I do. Th Warhol was the blueprint for all of the shit. Yeah. Like even the way this functioned in yeah the early 2010s was yeah. that was Lauren Boyle was Andy Warhol. Um, you already know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Fuck them. But yeah, the the being if if you're in Switzerland or Europe in general, although. It was like lockdowns and shit, so I don't know. But if you're in Europe in general, it was mad hard. It was mad hard to get there. Make. We had to take like fucking oh, 18 God. COVID tests. I don't even so want to get into stupid. it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I should tell people is that like I know I just want to warn people how you don't do what we're talking about. Like obviously you want to make money and you want to oh yeah all right get to Let's the top. It. But I just thought of a very specific example of like how you probably shouldn't do it. If you haven't heard about Anchor, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't lie. I really. I said this to Ion One before we walked on stage. I was like, as cool as this is, and as as long as we've wanted to be on the stage of the Bower Ball, and I was like, this is the low point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was far. Huge shouts to no. HLG for having us. Yeah, I guess. Um, no, it was. No, it was fun. It was really sick. I'm honored. Like again, honored to be there. Um, but like, how do you feel about, cause like I asked them that during the show, like, how does it feel to be so branded? And I actually, I'm dead ass. Like, I mean, Chris, Chris is just like, uh, he's Chad picked the money on steroids, but if there's something a little, something a little nasty about it. You know what I mean? No, I'm just saying like I, good for him, but like, I don't necessarily know if it like reflects that well. Like I, I'm pretty, well, they're not, we're just doing totally different things. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, we're, do, we're doing totally different things. Just imagine us having a live show where it says Anchor. FM projected like that. That was that's the graphic. Uh, yeah, I mean, but also <laughs> like some you brand, know, podcast brand. It's like so funny. They can, but they can afford a lot more. You know, nice clothes from Noah than we can. So they didn't get flown to Geneva though. Facts. You got to keep a little. You got to keep a little clout. You got to keep a little cool. I think that there's value to no, obviously to being the cool not, kids. That's not my <laughs> shit, but uh, you know, I would lo like I've, said, I've told you this before. I, I would love to be able to afford to not worry about that shit. Of course. Um, and how much are they really getting paid? Though that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. know. I literally don't know how this shit works. 
But speaking to what we were just saying, I do think that this has not manifested for me yet, but I'm hoping that this is true, which is that by supporting the people around you, first of all, karmically, the support will be returned to you at some point. But beyond that, everyone will be rewarded in a way that like makes their life easier in terms of getting by and actually making money and getting work and being able to continue to do your whatever your the fuck your art practices mm-hmm. whatever by the way how do you feel about that my practice <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, that that's the art speak shit that's always what it's like so what have you been doing they're like well well you know i i've been working uh on helping this artist do this like getting commission to do this and then i also have my practice yeah so i'm like so i got your lawyer like doctor shit yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're practicing law <laughs> practicing medicine also even that in of itself such a hilarious thing of language it's like i'm not trying to have my doctor practice <laughs> you know? so true you know what i'm talking about so I'm like i'm trying to have you be professional <laughs> like, i practice Yes, yeah, so like no, because like for example, my dad's. So I'm like, I've been practicing law. You know what I mean? It's like you're practicing it. You be, you gotta be ready. You're not. You have. You're still not ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. It's not the actual game where I go out there and die for it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh my god. Yeah. So true. You should, you should put the Allen Iverson in here because lots so of true. Lot, lot to be uh, gained from that clip. Um. Big shouts to Doctor Dan, by the way. Oh yeah, true. Huge shouts. Uh, if you made it this far down, you're a true king. This is this this is heat. This is the easy one to make it through. I know. Um, but anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, just you know, if you're in Europe and you feel like taking a little week, I don't know how much longer it's up, but if you feel like taking a little weekend trip to Geneva, really really clean city with really good cheese and cigarettes and clocks <laughs> and um, really beautiful center for contemporary art and uh, a really really well done show yeah everybody everybody involved in this shit is like super cool very interesting really lit we're gonna talk to them yeah i hope uh i hope we've i hope it's not boring we obviously had to we literally were there for 24 hours and most of those 24 hours were spent buying cartons of cigarettes that were like (laughs) cost like five cents um but also just like going to these dinners so like we literally didn't have time to to see that much of the show which was a bummer but i guess it's gonna be online we watched soon. the movie I, and, that was the yeah, main we thing the, i was like i'll yeah. see the this movie yeah and uh but i'm excited for it to be online because you know there's a lot here it's it's exciting going um, back to uh, there was there was one thing i wanted to say before with like how you were i think this is uh the source of some of our frustration is that we have this podcast where we talk about making art Mm-hmm. And like the the struggles and joys of like the creative process, whatever the fuck it is that mm-hmm. we do. And there's a lot of other podcasts that have like started to like I've been listening to other shit. There's like people be talking about this shit, and I get it. And part of the call to action is to rather than continue talking about it, to then make it. And I think part of our frustration is that this isn't doesn't really speak to our practice or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not that, which is why I've been listening and probably engaging with more things that are like comedic podcasts or things that like actually in of themselves actually do feel like new work. Yeah. They're not, they're not actually discussing yeah. themes or like no, ideas. Podcasts can be art for sure. No, they can be. I w- I'm actually going to argue that ours isn't now, um, or unless we do a solo and we're like doing some weird shit. Yeah. In some ways it is. But like when I when I fucking listen to something that's just like meant to be funny, 
I think part of what it's engaging in my brain is I'm like, oh, this is like a piece. Like, this is like an artwork. Like, this is a, I'm watching a show. Even if, yeah. even if it's a podcast, it's like, it's being funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not really about anything other than like entertaining me. And I think that's maybe what we need to focus on too is like music and movies were always meant to be entertainment. Yeah. Like I, we're big fans of like the avant-garde weird art shit, of course. I don't know if I'm big fans, but. Uh, well, I definitely am. No, like, for the good. When they had the montage of the experimental film shit, I was like, man. Oh, yeah. I, was I like, mean, I loved the shit. The, like the peak experimental film was fire, yeah. I don't know about anymore. By the way, I don't know if I've ever mentioned him on here. The late, great Phil Solomon. I was like, kind of like pen pals with him for a minute, but he worked with Sam Brackage. His shit is fucking heat. It is. Go watch American Falls by Phil Solomon. Um, but what was the point of what the fuck I'm saying? Um, experimental. Entertainment. <laughs> Entertainment. Oh, just that like at the end of the day, and this has come through on the pod a ton have fun and like make something that like is gonna like enrich people's lives like you and i've been getting off on like watching these youtube videos of fucking like gex and girl talk and it's like part of the reason they feel so transcendent it's like oh right this was the fucking point of everything it's like they're going wild it's fun the music's sick yeah more to that point podcasts are fuck that conversation parties are art yeah parties or works of art i that's i'm not joking no they I were detractors of some like parties aren't that important like there parties was, are the, extremely important they are they, they actually are. The, that's why watching the velvet doc was so sick i was like yeah mm-hmm. see they, they're important exactly. they meant something exactly the shit parties that, are art, the, it's like cr- having having a group of people together who are connected in a specific time and place with like a specific movement of like thought and art it's like that is fucking important yeah Hundred percent, and it's lit. You have fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like even on a personal sick. level, at least for me, social interaction and parties are the kind of like roadmap of my life. That's how I remember how old I was during certain eras. I remember like when I lived there. I remember that I went to that party, and that's you know it like contextualizes They're my the life. Culmination. We used to say like, "What's the culm?" We used to have this thing when we were younger. Ion one and I, we would say, "What's the culmination?" so true we would try and figure out literally like just abstractly <laughs> what is the culmination like what's yeah. this what's the apex <laughs> and i remember we had some like epiphany moment when we threw a really lit ass party in like 2014 or something where it, afterwards i remember us being like covered in sweat like disgusting mm-hmm. smelled like cigarettes like place was trashed we made some money actually and we yeah. were and we were like parties are the culmination <laughs> yeah, i parties are art i've never no, but they're the literal culmination. They, they're literally, like when you talk about yeah. the apex or what a culmination is, it's literally some like everything coming together, ramping yeah. up, and it all existing in the same place. And, and every I, I get it. I go through long periods of like not being in the mood to socialize for sure. And I, but uh, I will say if you, I, I don't know, maybe some people are just naturally introverts and this won't be true for them, but I think. If you use parties and social interactions, if you go in, into them with the right mindset, they're really inspiring. They're like collaborations. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's that's like, I, usually I get ideas after I've been out, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it, it's, it does something to your brain that's healthy, I think, as a creative person, especially. It does. And as someone who's 
kind of antisocial. It's sort of ironic for me to get so much out of them or like even like want to make like be involved in making them happen because like I I wouldn't usually like necessarily go to a party but I spiritually come away from them so like so much better off in my life yeah recontextualize my headspace completely thinking about people differently thinking about what I want to do with my life differently like it's it's huge yeah like I think that there's maybe like a negativity towards people like oh like they go out every night and like I yeah know. obviously you can get burnt out on that and it's like maybe unhealthy well, yeah and you can see with certain people it's like uh, they they're not really they're doing it out of like some weird desperation or like not wanting to be alone and maybe it's unhealthy but you can have an unhealthy relationship to anything so yeah you know well it's like you know it's like when people go to the local bar at the end of the street and it's like oh that's just like what you do every night but like if you take those experiences and bring them to like your art and your scene and pushing it it's like then everyone you ever talk to at that bar becomes very important Mm -hmm. and like essential to like your world that you're gonna try and broadcast to the rest of the world yeah like it's like it's act, all this stuff is just like really it's just important to be with people and connect with them and yeah bring them together and i'm just really believing in the senior shit recently it's just yeah. like it really is what's good yeah and um speaking of which you know i we just said like we didn't get to see that much of the show because we had shit to do we had a whole schedule that whole trip but mm-hmm. part of that schedule was a big fucking party that was heat that's true. So huge shouts to everyone involved with that party. Huge shouts to everyone at the center who we met. We d- we donned suits for the first time. Yeah, we donned suits for the party. It felt amazing. I I dropped some cake for that suit just for the party. Just like not to get weird, but like sexually, how I feel <laughs> in a suit. In a suit is like so much more it's chatted. It's like how men are supposed to look. Yeah, it's just like oh right, this is what I'm supposed that, to wear. Yeah, the men are like men still look best in what they've always looked best in. I yeah, think. we. I mean, we really, we really fell hard, it's guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, like jeans and t-shirts or a suit, a sh- like a real shirt. You know, what's always funny to me is like when you like go into like some like online shopping shit. It's like if you want like a shirt, like I always click shirts. Yeah, and then I'm thinking I'm gonna see some t-shirts, but no, like, what a shirts. shirt is. Yeah, has buttons and yeah. a collar and a, and cuffs. Like a t-shirt yeah, is not, a type yeah, of shirt, but like it. a shirt. Is like a fucking formal shirt. A jacket is a blazer. Huge shouts to Mikey MDC if you need some suit advice. That's your man. Yeah, you gave you gave some good advice on one, Mikey. Um, I'm curious. What yeah, I, I hit Mikey with. up for suit suit Rex, but big shouts to Mark Seekings for uh, for my attire that night. Um, and huge shouts for the bar. I forget what it was called in Switzerland that stayed up until five. I was sick of them. Yeah, that was sick. Um, huge shouts to the center. Huge shouts to Sophia. All the food. Oh, our our food game in Europe. It was interesting to me that you kept saying that like anything random that you would get on the street is just like so much more heat than. Yeah, I was like, if I lived in Europe, and I'm not one of these like Americans who's like, oh, Europe's better. I love America. Fucking red, white, and blue all day, baby. But. Europe's food game is so much better. It's ridiculous. You always like, you don't realize you like delude yourself. All the shit that you eat in New York actually sucks. And it's <laughs> so expensive. It's ridiculous. You just go to some random cafe on the, on a corner 
any corner in any European city. It's like heat for like four euros. For it's heat for days. Yeah. It's just like it, it breakfast with just like breads and yogurt and like everything. It's just like it's. You kept talking about the jams and yeah, the jams are so sick. All the jams. So the hotels, <laughs> continental breakfast were always so far. It really exemplified itself to me in the Lisbon airport layover because I don't even I don't really eat McDonald's that much in America, but I was like I always know like European McDonald's go hard, and they had some like weird brie burger that was like be- honestly better than any burger <laughs> I've had in New York in like oh yeah I'm, mad long. Yeah. I was like damn McDonald's like Euro McDonald's goading burgers like that's the American shit's a burger yeah but that's the oh and I remember I told the court I'd get into I'm not gonna get into too many details but yeah so we were only in Switzerland for a day got there Wednesday night we had Thursday and then we left early Friday morning I didn't so, tell your story um, I'm not gonna tell the story but I'm just explaining why it's taking so long for us to release the pod. Every time we travel, we, like, get fucked up. I, I know. I like, get we, it. we, like, we every, it delays everything for, like, a month. I, I, I like, take, I get sick every time I fucking travel or have anything serious to do. It's, like, stress or some shit. I take zinc and all this. If you, any Packers are, like, into this you health You do be shit, getting sick. I be getting sick. Yes. Um, Someone else. was just, like, be getting sick. I was like, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I, I because it was, it was it was like Wednesday. I was like we're potting tonight. I was like actually it's like Thursday. Actually, it's a second. She's like damn. <laughs> make note of the time you just said my name. Like oh 10 God times. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> just do a beep. Yeah. It's uh it's fifty minutes in, but this is the second file. Oh right. Um. It's fine. Uh. Was this so? Nice. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't want to. Ju- I was like, if I'm, I never get to leave. I haven't left the country in years and years. So I was like. If I'm going to be over there, I'm going to spend some more time. So there was a layover in Lisbon, so I changed the second flight, got a hotel to like stay in Lisbon for the weekend. Well, big shouts to the Samovar guy who told us, because we were going to do this in Moscow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, you can't fucking go into Moscow. Yeah, they like, won't and let you like, out of the airport. so true. Yeah, so true. Yeah, because we almost had a layover in Moscow where we did this instead. But they let you out in, in Portugal. Oh, yeah, it was easy. Yeah. Um, but, and my friend was going to come... Uh, from France to hang for the weekend. Mm. She got COVID, so I ended up spending a solo weekend in in Lisbon, and it was uh, it was fun. I don't know, uh, like I I was actually excited about it. I thought I'm gonna be on my Kerouac shit and like yeah. you know some like wandering. Lis- it's, like, it's a it's a good city to do that in. It's yeah. also just so affordable. It's like it's not as stressful. But yeah, we need to give big shots just to Lisbon for a second. Yeah, it's probably the best. European. I mean, to me at least, if I were to go spend, and I have spent, yeah, it's I would, the only place I've spent a concerted amount. Yeah, of time I, I had a great solo weekend there, um, and I thought it was going to be so romantic and amazing, and I like brought my journal with me and everything, but I didn't feel like carrying it, so I ended up just like <laughs> walking around and then going on Instagram when I went. And yeah. You end up thinking it's going to be romantic, and you're actually just sitting on a bench looking at Instagram for an hour because yeah. you have nothing to do and you don't know where to go. Um, but. That being said, it was really fun in some other ways. Some Packers gave me some great recommendations. I went to them. Big shouts to Lux is the name of the club. Yeah, Lux. Big I went to, shouts I went to, Lux. to Did you? Yeah. It was sick. Wait, is that where the shit went down? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went there two nights in a row. And then also, what was the Bro, I shit? saw fucking, I saw Mulinex there. Mm, I saw Octo Octa there. Big shouts to her. 
Octox um, was playing that night? Yeah. Oh, you didn't say that. Yeah, I didn't know. I got there and it was like, oh, that's Octox. Do you remember Mulenix? It was like, it was like Bog House or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was the other? Oh, Dam- D- Damas. 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 I went to Damas too. That was, uh, that was yeah, where I started my night. That the was hard fun. spot to get into, which sounds like it was busy that night, is Bar Snob. Yeah. Lux is hard to get into. They wouldn't let most people in. But Bar Snob is like, it's like not even a club, really. It's like so tiny. But they see me and they know. Podcast royalty over there. <laughs> they didn't let anyone around me in line in except for me. Both nights. Wow. Because I just have that pod star look about me. But, yeah. Great time. Um... Big shouts to... It's like me skydiving into uh, Silencio in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> they just know. Big shouts to uh, two girls who I spent a long, crazy night with in Lisbon who I met that night. and uh, They disappeared. They disappeared, and I will don't know their full names, and we'll probably never see them again. But um, <laughs> That's a scary story. Big shouts to them. Uh, you know... Hope we cross paths again one day. It was a fun, like, 10-hour day. Do they know the name of the pod? I did tell them, but I'm sure they don't remember. Yeah. They're British, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heat. But big shouts to them. Um, big shouts to both of them. Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful girls. Beautiful girls. I hope, uh, hope you're having fun in Lisbon, ladies. And that was my weekend. Then I got incredibly sick, and that's why it's taken us so long to do another solo. But we're, we're going to be way more on it from, from now on. We're also going to do more episodes with some people from the show so you'll i don't know these vagabond shoes these vagabond shoes i'm leaving today i'm leaving today (laughs) (laughs) i want to be a part of it new york new york king of the hill (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh, that's enough. All right, that's enough. Let's just sign off. Big sh- Well, okay. No, no, no. You know who we, which we did not mention? Who? That needs the biggest shots of all. Uh-oh. Hadrian. Meg. <laughs> so true. Meg is why we went. Yeah. And um, it was the her idea. The God Meg. The God Meg. Huge. The hugest of shouts. Um, everybody, though. Everybody really. We didn't forget you. I was saving it till the end. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, shouts to everyone from the center. Shouts to everyone from Dis. Shouts to big shouts to Lauren. Big shouts to Brad Tremel. Big shouts to Theo Anthony. Big shouts to the two girls who I'll never see again in Lisbon. Mm. And um, yeah, big shouts to everyone from the center. Did I say that already? Big shouts to Sophia from the center as well. Mary. And, uh, huge shouts to Mary. Mary killed it. Priscilla. Cr- huge shouts to Priscilla. On the sidelines. Yep. Uh, huge shouts to Natasha Stag. Andrea Bellini. Andrea Bellini. All crushing the game out there. It was... Uh, Thank you, guys. We actually... We, you, it, we were... I know I keep saying it, but I really... It, like, I almost wanted to cry that, like, someone thought to bring us anywhere. I know. Other That's than... Huge shouts to make. The best city in the world, New York City. Uh, big shouts, everybody. <laughs> the second greatest city in the world, Geneva, Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> What's really good... All you new listeners, Swiss listeners, dis listeners, you already know. Uh, thanks for listening, and there's a lot more heat where this came from, so if you want to hear the rest of it, go to patreon.com slash the ion You already know. Patreon.